Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world's changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. We'll get them up, get them going. It's Thursday on b That makes it a buck off Thursday. Buck on's as well. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Four hours of stimulating sports conversation, we hope, begins right now. Deliver your buck on's and buck off's all morning long. Hit us on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Also, all over our social media platforms, you can deliver the buck on and buck off. Who has earned a pat on the back? who has earned a kick in the hindquarters. You decide each and every week. Weekly feature here on B&E for a long, long time now, and it uh, will be featured without the buck. Bucky Godbolt, uh, buck on to him on his uh, 68th birthday today. Happy birthday to the buck. Huge buck on to him. He's enjoying his birthday week on vacation, which is a great thing for him, and uh, he'll certainly be back next week as we crank things back up. But uh, buck out today, as he has been all week. We've got... uh, had very special and tremendous guest hosts all week long. Buck on to uh, Ty Harrington who's with us for a couple days. Also J.J. Gotch today. Our friend Nick Shuley from the Live Music Update and uh, uh, covering live music and sports all through Austin, Texas. A lifetime Longhorn and lifetime uh, Austinite will be with us coming up as he can get here probably in the 7 o'clock hour and ride the west rest of the way. Uh, but, of course, Ty Henderson is through the glass and with us this morning uh, in our first hour to get things cranked up and deliver buck-ons and buck-offs. And I'll give you a buck-on, my friend, to start the show uh, here coming up because uh, as I walked in this morning, you were asleep on the couch again this morning with your baseball bat, your shoes off, and you did the smart thing, I think. you Instead of the trying to sleep on the most uncomfortable couch known to man in our uh, Horn headquarters lobby here, you took the cushions off the couch, set up a pallet on the floor, and I have to think that was a little more comfortable than the normal on that couch. Have yeah, to think. I, I took your advice. Thank you very much. So, Thank you very much. Because that was. couch, you can't even sit on that. I mean, I, people don't can't feel it or see it. It's just this old, I don't know, man. That thing's been passed around. And it's, it's all, all uneven, like when you sit in it. But, yeah, the, the nice big cushions, you pull those off, set up a pallet. We'll find out why you slept on the uh, couch in our studio here in a minute. First one, I welcome everybody listening to the program, however they do, uh, whether it's on 104.9, could be 1019 FM, AM 1260, and, of course, uh, always streaming for you digitally. Take us wherever you go on the Horn app. If you're taking vacations this summer into the fall, uh, always have that Horn app available, a couple touches of a button, and you are listening to our shows live and local, also on your smart speaker at home and work, always streaming for you on our website 
and on our Twitch channel at hornfm.com. Of course, that Twitch channel, you can watch the proceedings. Um, we appreciate you being there. Also, good morning to the men and women at Fort Cavazos, Texas, all our military installations throughout uh, the great state, all over the country and all over the world that do what they do so that we can do what we do, which is talk sports with you on the show of the people. Mr. Uh, Mr. Henderson, why did you sleep on the uh, couch last night? Were you out and about last night? Yeah. Um, Nick Shuley got me to that concert last night. Oh, that he did. Okay, so, Live. so let's uh, play that back. So Nick Shuley who's going to be with us here coming up. As a special guest host, got a great voice for radio, great dude. I mean, guy knows everybody in town. He's, he's grew up out in Oak Hill, and uh, gosh, really, no one connects people with like Nick Shuley. He's currently the president of the Austin Music Movement and a huge sports fan, Longhorn graduate, working closely with the Texas One Fund and the Clark Field Collective on the uh, the end name, image, and likeness side of things. But uh, so there was a, a taping at Austin City Limits last night, ACL TV, that you wanted to attend, and Nick was able to uh, to get you up and in there. Yeah, and um, it was it got started a little late. Lil Yachty was having some issues with his auto tune. Little Yachty. Yeah. And Lil. 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 Sorry. Um, who used to be a rapper, but I learned last night it was more of a a psychedelic Ooh. rock experience, which was good. It was more about the band than it was about him. He was. Did you say he was having trouble with his auto tune? Yes. What does that mean? Um, he's one of those guys in his mics. That's the, I mean, he's terrible at singing, so he has to, each song has to be, like, indiv- individually, like, auto-tuned. Oh, my for, water out. Yeah, sorry. Um, it, was, it was good, though. It, it, I mean, it was a good show. Lil but, Yachty is horrible at singing. Okay. Yeah, I think he kind of understands that he's not the most talented Well, there he is on ACL stage. somehow, yeah, no. It brought some great talent out there with him, though. I think that's what kind of carried him. I got you. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I'm glad you got to get into that show, and Nick Shuley will be with us. Nick was going to be with us for the whole show, but then he got called into work so uh, for a meeting. He works there with uh, Gary Keller and Keller Williams and that crew, so he'll be in when he can, and that's good. we got a lot to do. we got uh, Bucky's birthday, so you can send Bucky a birthday wish. If you don't have his personal phone number, which most of you do not, go ahead and pass it through us, and we'll pass it along to him. But Buck does have a birthday today, 29 June, uh, final Day or two of the uh, sixth month of the year. We'll be in the month of July into the weekend. So a lot to do to wrap it up. We've got Major League Baseball, big recruiting run day yesterday for the Longhorns, another big commitment. Also major news coming from Austin FC as they prep for their match at uh, Inter-Miami this weekend. We've already got several buck-ons and buck-offs into the show this morning. This says buck-off to Les Miles. Uh, what are we bucking him off for? Was that uh, the vacated victories? I haven't seen any big news on, on Les Miles this morning, but I'll check into that. Also, buck off early to early morning drives to downtown San Antonio. Buck on to the app, uh, being able to listen the whole way. And buck on to Kyle Flood for his offensive line recruiting. That's right. He is delivering on the offensive line. The big humans continue. Uh, let's go right there and start with the headlines. Trending topics to start a Thursday morning. UBO Business Services. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, Texas football recruiting get here in a moment. Let's start with Major League Baseball because overnight out in Oakland, West Coast, New York Yankees right-hander Domingo Herman authored the game's first perfect game in 12 years and just the 24th perfect game all time in Major League Baseball history. Herman, who was shelled for 10 runs in just over three innings in his previous start against Seattle, well, he retired all 27 athletics he faced. 27 up, 27 down in an 11-0 Yankees win. No hits, no walks, no base runners. Part of a 99-pitch effort. He's the fourth Yankee to deliver an El Perfecto. Yankees have four of the 24. Um, and the first pitcher born in the Dominican Republic 
to do so as well. Also last night, Ranger right-hander Dane Dunning threw shutout ball for a career-high eight and two-thirds innings. Adolis Garcia had another home run, his third consecutive game with a deep shot. Texas Clobber, Detroit, 10-2. to In St. Louis, meanwhile, Jose Altuve hit a big three-run homer as part of a five-run rally in the eighth inning that led the Astros past the Cardinals, 10-7. to Jose Abreu also hit a long ball as he's coming alive a little bit with the bat. Rangers will wrap up their series with the Tigers this afternoon in Arlington. Houston will play the rubber game of their series with the Redbirds tonight. That's ahead of the big four-game weekend Lone Star Series that begins tomorrow night in Arlington, Friday through Monday. Also last night, Round Rock dropped their series opener in Vegas, 7-5. Now to Texas football. Recruiting news. Another big commitment for Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns yesterday coming out of their big recruiting weekend last weekend. Official word that North Richland Hills four-star offensive lineman Daniel Cruz has chosen Texas. 6'3", 295-pound interior offensive lineman has been a starter on varsity at North Richland Hills since his freshman year. He's held more than 30 offers from across the country, including Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. He becomes the eighth pledge overall and the second commitment in the trenches for the Longhorns and Kyle Flood in the 2024 recruiting class. Major news swirling around Austin FC as they continue to prep for their match at Inter-Miami this Saturday. Italian soccer journalist Fabrizio Romano reported yesterday that Rodolfo Burrell, the current assistant manager for European Premier League power Manchester City, is in line to become Austin FC's new sporting director. Head coach Josh, Josh Wolf downplayed the rumors yesterday but did acknowledge that the club needs to bring in someone on a permanent basis with the summer transfer window opening up next Wednesday. Claudio Reyna stepped down as the club's sporting director back in January amid controversy over his son Gio's playing time in the 2022 World Cup with the U.S. men's national team, after which Sean Rubio was named the interim sporting director. Looks like uh, they're going to the Premier League to land their new boss. Congratulations in order for Austin FC goaltender Brad Stuver as well. For a second consecutive year, he's been nominated for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award given annually by ESPN at its annual ESPY Awards ceremony to highlight, quote, an athlete whose continuous demonstrated leadership has created a measured positive impact on their community through sports. Since signing with the Verde back in 2020, Stuver has worked in a multifaceted way to help serve some of the most underserved communities in Central Texas. The ESPYs are set for July 12th. Stuver is the only Major League Soccer player ever to be nominated for that award. Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals won it last year. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so, uh, yeah, congratulations. Brad Stuver, that's the guy we need to get on this show and talk to. That's unbelievable. Um, the, uh, the, the ESPY's big deal, the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. That guy has uh, only been in Austin for a short amount of time. Uh, since, oh gosh, Austin FC has only been in Austin for a short amount of time. Huge buck on to him. Uh, love people like that that roll up their sleeves and, and get involved. Um, don't have to do that, but uh, making an impact in the community so much so that ESPN for the second straight year has nominated him. You'd wonder if he'll win it this year. He was nominated last year. And, um, of course, as I mentioned, that went to uh, Albert Pujols for his charitable work. Um, but uh, this could be his year. We'll see July 12th will be that and we'll certainly uh, actually coming up in uh, when Nick Shuley gets here we're also going to talk to our friend Eric Goodman from Austin the Austin Chronicle we'll get an update from him on this Rodolfo Burrell situation that whole situation with uh, Austin FC with uh, Claudio Reyna such a weird deal it happened in January he stepped down uh, and Ty you were following this story Claudio Reyna of course was the architect of the team from the beginning uh, as they were still an expansion team and building the stadium Claudio Reyna was hired by, I think, one of the very first hires the owner, Anthony Precourt, made, even ahead of Josh Wolf to be the head coach. And Claudio Reyna 
um, helped build the team, but then got caught up in the controversy surrounding the World Cup and his son Gio and his wife and um, Coach Burhalter there with the uh, U.S. men's national team. Kind of a soap opera situation that uh, got really, really ugly. And you know, so much so on an on an international level that he had he had to step aside. That uh, I don't again, I don't know the the inner workings and how it all played out in the front office, but you know, so much so. I mean, it was a bit of a distraction. Oh yeah, to say the least. And uh, you know, Greg Burhalter is actually back as the the head of the U.S. men's national team. He's you know amid the controversy that came from the the Reinas because they have to put that plural because it was he and his wife. They were both upset about the uh, the lack of playing time for their son. On the uh, U.S. men's national team in in Qatar this this you know past summer and or last summer uh, or last winter I guess it were it was but uh, either way he was out and uh, Josh Wolf as I said the head coach uh, or the manager he said yesterday would he kind of downplayed it but he did say that not having a sporting director through the off season after January really hurt the club they missed out on some signings um, they were just kind of left you know a bit of a lurch. And you know maybe it was led to some of the some of the the poor play that we saw from Austin FC to start the year. Uh, they may be getting their footing a little bit with two wins this past week, and they'll play Inter Miami, one of the worst teams in the league this weekend. So we'll follow that. We'll talk to Eric Goodman about it uh, and what uh, what obviously the addition would be as they get it cranked up. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that coming up later in the show. So that's a big piece of news as well. A perfect game in baseball, but uh, the Texas football recruiting news certainly big, and somebody already bucked on Steve uh, Kyle Flood. Now, this is one, the more I've read about uh, the, the addition from Daniel Cruz, baby-faced kid, but he's a big kid. He's 300 pounds, or just under 300. He's, he's 6'3". He is an interior offensive lineman, so by no means one of these, uh, you know, it's not Arch Manning, it's not a running back, it's not a receiver, it's an interior offensive lineman. But, man, when you, off, when you hold more than 30 offers, when you started on your varsity team, you played at Westlake, Ty, when you started on your varsity team uh, at, the, at that level, 5A, 6A football in, in the state of Texas, since your freshman year, I've only seen a handful of people do it. Yeah, uh, you it takes know, a special kind of athlete. Special kind of athlete, and that's the thing you can think about Daniel Cruz. He's not the biggest guy at two ninety five, but he is just a technician on the offensive line. And it sounds like Kyle Flood has coveted this kid since he got here, and really wants him to maybe anchor the center position for Texas moving forward. I mean, it's a it's a guy that's probably not going to certainly won't impact this year and the next, but uh, down the road he could become a fixture on the offensive line for the Longhorns on the interior and, and you know the center position a huge one and if you get someone who's been a, a four-year starter at the high school level in the state of Texas uh, everybody wants a piece of them great technique great need great bend uh, really flexible kid that can uh, you know pull and pull when he needs to but uh, anchor the middle uh, that's a good one for the for Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns who whose recruiting effort has certainly picked up you know and, and probably it feels like by design they were you know the one thing we've learned about Steve Sarkeesian and his staff they're patient they're not going to rush they kind of uh, evaluate who they're looking for, and then they have these big recruiting weekends. You know, it was one year ago last Friday that Arch Manning committed, right? Arch committed to the Longhorns, and that came after one of these June summer weekend visits where you come in and they get a lot of downtime, where a lot of face time with the family. Um, you know, it really becomes an all-encompassing, you know, sell on the the, uh, the school, the program, the future, uh, the vision for, for that young player and their family. Uh, and boy, it's been very successful. The Arch Manning commitment of a year ago led to just a slew of. Remember, there was like the Pied Piper effect when Arch committed, and uh, it just you know took off from there. Uh, there were some crit- like wondering with the Longhorns that when the month of June began, we're about to ma- wrap up the month here coming up on uh, on tomorrow. Uh, that you know there well they only had you know very few commitments. What's going on? Well, now eight. 
and it continues to grow, and you can tell this is kind of their plan. They, they bring these kids in last weekend and the weekend before and really do the, the, big, the big pitch and hope to get them committed ahead of their senior seasons, and that's been the case with eight big commitments, two on the offensive line um, and two at the running back position uh, for the Longhorns so far. The, running, the, the receiver from out of, uh, out of San Antonio is also committed last weekend. So, you know, the, you kinda, the more we get around and cover Steve Sarkeesian and this staff, Ty, you kind of see the plan on the recruiting trail, and you can you can certainly argue and criticize the results for Steve Sarkeesian through two seasons, five and seven, eight and five, or eight and four in the regular season with a bowl loss. Uh, but, boy, the uh, the ability to recruit and acquire talent uh, through the portal and, and sell the program, uh, I think everybody's been – has to be impressed with the, with the way that has gone. Yeah, and I think it all started in the quarterback room, getting Malik Murphy in, in year one and Arch – Last year, um, like you said, and, and Quinn Ewers, and Quinn Ewers uh, too, transfer yeah. from Ohio State, um, and I think from there, it, 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 he's now just getting his it, Sark's idea of the perfect athlete at every position, and I think, I mean, this should be the year, year three, where you start seeing your guys step up, and uh, I mean, starting next year, it's going to be all your recruiting classes are not going to be any excuses at that point. That's right. Well, and this is the the all gas no excuses year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And um, you know, in, you know, it's, it's Sark who has made that clear that this this team looks like my team. This you know when I, when Sark got here, uh, taking over for Tom Herman, it couldn't have been more different than a team he would have wanted. Right? It was uh, it was built around a running quarterback, which he doesn't do running quarterbacks. It was built around kind of a a smallish offensive line because Tom Herman and Herb Hand were fans of the uh, the not yet developed offensive lineman, right? Tall and lean that we can put some muscle on. Uh, that is not Kyle Flood. Kyle Flood wants big humans. Wants the, the bigger the better. They want to be massive and dominant up front uh, and be able to dominate in the run game. And then they want speed on the outside. Tom Herman favored you know bigger receivers, the the, the Colin Johnsons, the little Jordan Humphreys uh, of the world, the the, the bigger who could win individual matchups. That was just a difference in philosophy. You know, Steve Sarkeesian wants big humans up front. They want speed on the outside, and they want great quarterback play from the pocket. And, um, you know, now you're looking, as you just said, you know, three pocket quarterbacks, big humans up front, speed everywhere, and and, and athletes on the outside that can really go, uh, running backs and, um, you know, be able to play action and all those things. The defense continues to improve. And I think the thing that, that most resonates with me, and I'll give a buck on, hopefully you were with us yesterday, because in our 9 o'clock hour, and if you missed this, I think you need to go listen to it, we had a, a really good conversation with former Longhorn linebacker Devontae Tucker-Dorsey. Uh, he came in with us and sat in studio. And Tuck, as they call him, has you know we, we wanted to talk to him about his new career, right? He did a, a, a transfer in from James Madison. He uh, you know chose Texas over a lot of offers, as he mentioned, from a lot of schools, and chose Texas not just for the football but also for what Texas could offer in a big-picture you know, way for him, and uh, he told the story that getting here, he you know loved playing football for the Longhorns, and um, but he was into real estate. What did he tell us? He sold cutlery. He sold sold knives. Cutco knives. Cutco knives during COVID. Uh, he developed an acumen for sales, and um, so when he got here, he wanted to get into real estate. And uh, and our friend Nick Shuley will be with us coming up once he can get here in the seven o'clock hour, uh, and introduced him to Gary Keller. And Gary Keller is. Keller Williams Realty, it's the largest real estate company in the world uh, by agents and sales and all those things. And uh, Gary Keller kind of took DeMonte Tucker Dorsey under his wing, and he's off and running as a realtor, which is a really cool story. But as it, re- as it uh, pertains to Steve Sarkeesian, we did talk to him about his one year with Texas and 
boy, the, the stories he told, and it, it, he's this the latest Longhorn who's come through and talked about just how, and this is not to blow smoke on Steve Sarkeesian or, or for fans, it's just every player we talk to, Moro Ojimo during the draft process, uh, all those guys that have come in studio with us have said the same thing, that it's a very genuine, genuine coaching staff, that it's a they're building something really special. And I know we haven't seen the results hit the field yet. That's absolutely factual. Um, you know, not good enough so far. But, man, when you talk to the players, you know, you know Tuck talked about how it's, it wasn't like that at James Madison. He just the uh, – the, the 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 bond that the coaches have together as a as a unit, and then Steve Sarkeesian genu- is a genuine person, a genuine uh, relationship builder. Uh, you know, think about Deontay Tucker Dorsey, who was a one year player who played linebacker and wasn't even you know he's a starting player at times, but really just a, a, a reserve role player. Who he told us yesterday, Ty, surprisingly that he he could t- he could text Steve Sarkeesian at any time. Uh, call him if he needed to. That's that's not you need that. That's not normal. I mean, from what I've covered for 25 years covering college football, normally position coaches deal with their position, and that's who you call. Uh, the head coach is you know he's the head coach. He's the CEO of the program and runs things. It's uh, player after player we talk to uh, talk about Sark and his accessibility, uh, willingness to 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 get to know each player. And you know, then I, I specifically asked uh, Diamante, "Hey, well, what about the other coaches? Are they all that way?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "The cool thing for us was that the the coaches seem to be they have a camaraderie with one another that is infectious with the players." And so, again, these are all reasons to be optimistic that for the first time in more more than a dozen years, Ty, you can you feel like okay, they have things in place, they have players in place, they've got the coaching staff continuity. Um, you know, even the you know the entire defensive staff has been together the entire time since they got here. That hasn't changed at all. Uh, the offensive staff has been the nucleus is Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle Flood, AJ Milwee, and Jeff Banks. They've changed out the wide receivers coach a couple times now uh, because of need, and then because of uh, you know Brendan Marion moving on to to take a, a, an offensive coordinator position, and then the running back spot changed over. When Stan Drayton took the Temple head coaching job, and they hired Deshard Choice, but so far the returns on Deshard Choice have been gangbusters with his recruiting efforts, uh, adding two more in this cycle. It's on top of uh, the number one running back in the country last year from uh, from Orlando, Florida, C.J. Baxter. So again, there's there's a lot to like, uh, Ty. And again, this is like all right. Well, let's not get too far over our skis. You got to win football games, but with uh, 66 days to the start of the college football season. Uh, lots of reasons for optimism, and every time we talk to another player or former player, it's the same message, and I think that that will resonate. Yeah, and another thing we've heard from the guys is just the, the love that's in the locker room between not just the coaches, like you mentioned, but the players themselves. Yeah, um, it's felt like in years past there's been a little bit of some rifts in the locker room that happened during the season. You now, player only only meetings last year. Don't even know exactly what that's that's about still. But uh, that was two years ago, wasn't it? The player only meeting that was last year. Was it not? I think it was two years ago. Wasn't that in year no, one? I remember being on the show and that was happening. Uh, well, well, to remind me what those were. I'm not saying they didn't have. I just don't remember them. Um, after what the, the oh lot, the yeah early was, in the season. Yes, okay, yeah. The the, the Roshan Johnson led players only meetings after they blew the Tech game. Yeah, uh, and they then, did it twice, and it yes. was like uh, maybe something. It's, it's just not quite right. But uh, fr- we talked to Mookie Taff. Um, you know, free safety. DBU Michael right Taff, there. yep. Michael Taff, uh, and I mean, you could just you could feel the genuine love that he had for his teammates when he was talking about him. Yeah, that's that's where I 
kind of take that from. Okay. Well, there, I, that is right. You know, Roshan Johnson and some other players led, look, we got to get this thing together. The coach can't blame the coaches for some of these losses. We need to execute better in big moments. And but big it's spots. never a good sign if you're having to tell the media that you're having player-only meetings. Yeah, that's Let's well, not do that again this year. Well, remember, that, it, it wasn't even Sark saying that, that had that happened. It was the players saying that they had had players-only meetings uh, because it, well, they, you know, they, they felt like they needed to, to get some things together. And look, there were four losses last year that were all winnable games. Uh, that's absolutely I mean, I mean the TCU game even the, the final score was 17 to 7 but that was anybody's ball game late into the third quarter and uh, obviously the Longhorn offense was terrible that night but the the Texas Tech game specifically the Oklahoma State game specifically were games that were there to be won you certainly could put some some uh, some blame on the coaches and the play calling but the players just needed to play better in real time uh, in real moments and make tackles make plays you know make throws make catches run the right routes all those things and I think that you know, between you know those two losses, the Alabama game was there to be won, and obviously Bryce Young did what he did, and there were some bad calls and those kind of things. But again, you know, four losses, all of them winnable games, and that will be the difference. If, if I mean, if we say all gas, no excuses. The excuse is you win those games. You find a way to win those football games, and that's a combination of coaching. That's a combination of the players executing in big moments and becoming a winning program because uh, – I mean, think about think about uh, how close it was last year. There were also two victories that could have gone the other way for the Longhorns last year. The Iowa State game was a Jalen Ford forced fumble away from maybe turning into a loss. Um, you know, the Baylor game was looking ugly for a while until they took over the fourth quarter. So, difference between eight and four could have been twelve and zero, but it also could have been six and six. And that's the margins on which you play college football. Um, you know, you hope you can take that next step and really start, you know, taking t- care of teams and letting your overall talent, you know, win some games comfortably. But in the, at the end of the day, it's college football. And you've got to make plays in the biggest moments. And that's coaches, that's players. It does feel like the Longhorns have the right combination of both coaches and players to make a run at the Big 12 championship in their final year in the Big 12 starting in 66 days. So uh, that's the latest. Daniel Cruz chosen the Longhorns, North Richland Hills, four-star offensive lineman chooses the Horns. And uh, Kyle Flood, happy to get it. So that was a big buck on. Uh, we'll pick up these conversations, including a perfect game last night. Such a rarity. Uh, you know, we don't see, gosh, first time in a dozen years someone has thrown 27 up, 27 down in a Major League Baseball game. And you probably couldn't found, find a more unlikely candidate than Domingo Herman last night for the New York Yankees. Well, the team that they were playing, you probably could have, uh, that would have been one you would have picked. We'll get into that coming up. Rangers win again. Astros get a big win, setting up that big Lone Star Series this weekend. We'll preview that coming up. Craig Way has his report. We've also got some B&E facts of the day on a buck off Thursday here on the Show of the People. It's Bucky and Aaron. Busy Thursday on B&A, not just busy, it's a buck-off Thursday, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers, Austin's professional bull riding team. Hopefully you're taking in that great uh, Prime Video docu-series, The Ride, eight episodes behind the scenes, first year ever of uh, team bull riding, really, really compelling stuff. Really need to, I'm going to dive back into that. We're going to have, if somebody said, buck on to my boss for giving us Monday and Tuesday off, Yeah, we would say the same to ours. We're going to be off on Monday and Tuesday. From shows with uh, the Monday ahead of Fourth of July, Independence Day is Tuesday, so you got time for sure with the extra time. And I'm going to dive into that uh, the ride because I've seen the first three three episodes, I believe it was. We binged watched binged that one night and uh, have not been back to it. Just not because we really didn't love it; it's just hadn't had time or whatever. So we're going to go dive back in because one of those once you start watching, uh, it is really really good. And if you know nothing about bull riding, which a lot of us don't, you will be hooked. I promise. 
It's really, really good. It's on Prime Video. Check that out if you do have some downtime and want to get out of the oppressive heat. It's going to be about 100 degrees today on this Thursday. Also, want to remind you, coming up about a month from now, a little over a month, is Coke Fest 2023 right around the corner. And we're celebrating the uh, 4th of July weekend with a ticket blowout for our great event there at Coke Fest, K-O-K-E-Fest.com, beginning Saturday at one at, uh, on July 1st, first day of the month at midnight. Uh, you can visit CokeFM.com, K-O-K-E-F-M.com, and grab your tickets with a discount code good on uh, two, four, or six tickets. And it's going to run through the 4th of July that Tuesday. Coke Fest is coming up Friday, August 4th, Saturday, August 5th in Hutto, Texas. Two days, 12 bands. An incredible lineup again. Uh, see the complete lineup at CokeFest.com and then visit CokeFM.com Coke, Coke, uh, uh, and social media channels to figure out how to get a, uh, get part, be a part of that blowout. The ticket blowout that's coming up for four days starting July 1st, which is Saturday through the 4th of July. If you've been waiting to, hold, to get those tickets, smart on you because uh, – the ticket blowout's coming to really get the final big push there uh, on two, four, or six tickets for Coke Fest in about uh, five weeks from the 4th of July or one month from the 4th of July. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, it says, uh, buck off to E for blanking on Domingo Herman. Well, look, Domingo Herman threw a perfect game last night in Major League Baseball. I don't know if I was blanking on him. I was saying that there, here's a guy who's been suspended 10 games this season already for uh, too much too much stick him on his hands. He also got shelled for 10 runs and three innings in his previous start. Uh, this is not the guy you would line up and say, okay, he's going to go throw a perfect game based on his season so far. Now, his stuff, I mean, Domingo Herman, having seen him many times and certainly in the playoffs against the Astros the last couple of years, he's got, you know, really good stuff. But, you know, he gave up 10 runs and three and a third innings his last start. It served a 10-game suspension. I don't know that he would be the guy you'd pick to throw a perfect game. Now, the, the athletics is a team. Would probably be the lineup you would pick to be known to be perfect, El Perfecto'd. Um, but you know, perfect games are such a weird thing. There's only been 24 in the history of baseball, so it's such a rare thing because you know, quite honestly, going 27 up and 27 down at any level of baseball is really, really difficult. I mean, you hit a guy in the foot, right? You you put a guy on base, you walk somebody, a bloop single, an infield single, whatever. Uh, any base runner changes a perfect game. Uh, an error by one of your defenders puts a runner on base, and it's no longer a perfect game. It can still be a no-hitter. So perfect games are very rare. The last one came 12 years ago, August 15th of 2012. Felix Hernandez threw a perfect game. King Felix. Um, that was the wasn't last. There, wasn't there one a few years ago where he did have a perfect game and the, the umpire, umpire screwed made up? A terrible call. Yeah, Angel Hernandez, I believe that was at first base. It was for the Detroit Tigers. I can't remember the pitcher's name. Would have been a perfect game except for a horrible call. Horrible call. That was before you could look at that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, they should have looked at it because perfect games are hard to find. But, you know, the list of tw- the 24 player pitchers who have thrown perfect games, you know, it's, it's not a, a who's who of pitchers. Uh, Matt Kane, Matt Kane of the San Francisco Giants threw a perfect game in 2012. Philip Umber, the former Rice Owl, threw a perfect game for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, of course, the late, great Roy Holiday is a Hall of Fame pitcher. He threw a perfect game in 2010. Uh, Oakland A's left-hander Dallas Braden threw a perfect game. Again, these are not, you know, Mark. remember Mark Burley threw a perfect game that I think the game lasted like an hour and 50 minutes or something crazy. Uh, the Mark Burley for the Chicago White Sox threw one in 09. The big unit, Randy Johnson, tossed himself a perfect game back in 2004. That's a guy that's, you start lining up people, okay, who has perfect game kind of stuff? Randy Johnson would be one. 
and he did throw one back in 04, which 20 years ago now. David Cohn, David Cohn with the, with the New York Yankees had a perfect game. David Wells, and I think I believe the story with David Wells, of course the Yankees have four perfect games now. David Wells, David Cohn have thrown perfect games. Um, and David Wells, that story when he threw a perfect game back on May 17th of 1998 against the Twins, he tells the story that he was terribly hungover for that game. Kind of like you, Ty, sleeping on the couch here at the radio station. I drank tequila last night. You drank tequila last night. I think that was the game where David Wells says, man, he was it was a late night, and uh, he wasn't sure he was able to go. And what do you know, he went out and threw a 120-pitch, 11-strikeout perfect game on May 17th of 1998. Uh, Texas Rangers have a perfect game. That was Kenny Rogers, the roaster. Kenny Rogers. Got to know in the hole in one. That's shoot. right. He, 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 he no-no'd the, uh, perfect, the California Angels when they were still called the California Angels. I didn't even realize that was the thing. Yeah. When that, was that? That was uh, 1994. You were not born yet. That's probably why you don't remember it. Well, I, I was saying I don't remember the California Angels. That's oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Name. I grew up with the California Angels. Uh, that was Rod Carew and uh, yeah, the California Angels. Then became the L.A. Angels. Then, then they became the Anaheim Angels. Now they're the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. That's I, I remember them as the Anaheim Angels. Uh, Tom Browning, Cincinnati Reds, threw a no-hitter back in 1988. Left-handed pitcher. Um, gosh, Mike Witt, Len Barker. I remember this. This was in when I was growing up. I lived the first eight years of my life in Akron, Ohio. And a guy named Len Barker for the Cleveland Indians threw a no no hitter um, way back. Um, he did Catfish Hunter, perfect game. Sandy Koufax for the LA Dodgers threw a perfect game. Of course, Jim Bunning for the Philadelphia Phillies. Don Larson, the other Yankee, that's the fourth. He did that uh, Yankee Stadium game five of the World Series. How about that, Ty? Still one of the greatest things ever at the championship level, the World Series, to throw a perfect game. It's one thing to do a, a, a you know, regular season game in June. But to throw a 27-up, no, 27 27-down 27 game in a World Series game against the Brooklyn Dodgers, pretty darn impressive. But uh, you got to be fired up to do that. Yeah, man. Charlie Robertson in 1922, uh, Addy Joss in 1908, and Cy Young with a perfect game back in 1904. Those are your list of 24 all-time perfect games. Now, joining the list, Domingo Herman last night. So it's a pretty short list. Pretty short list when you think of the 100 and – you know, 30 or 40 year history of baseball to only be done 24 times. Pretty cool stuff last night. And it happened out in Oakland with the, uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, looking forward to that Rangers Astros series, by the way, this weekend. We'll preview that coming up. Uh, Astros did get a big win last night. Jose Abreu's finally starting to get the bat going for Houston. That, that can only be a good thing. They need it desperately because Jordan Alvarez continues to be out with injury. They got Jose Altuve back last night. The Astros did. He hit a big three run homer as. Um, well, they were looking at looks like they were going to lose that game to the Red to the uh, Redbirds until that that big eighth inning rally uh, got them a victory. Now they can go try to get a series win tonight and bring some momentum potentially into Arlington because the Rangers are you know far and away so far the best team in the American League West, one of the best teams in the American League. They beat up on the Tigers again last night. Uh, this kid Dane Dunning's been awesome for you guys, man. Dane Dunning has just been you know the injury to Jacob Degrom, unfortunate. Um, you know the perils of the big money contract for the oft injured right hander. Um, but you know, it, with that, where where would you be without Dane Dunning, right? Stepping in, Jacob Degrom not going to come back now. He's having Tommy John surgery again. Uh, he won't be back. But Dane Dunning has been phenomenal. He went, uh, he had he had a seventeen up, seventeen down stretch last night as part of eight and two thirds of shutout baseball. That's he's been the dude this year. Been the dude, man. He and Nathan Evaldi uh, really have emerged. Martin Perez, yeah, man. Uh, and we've said this about the Rangers. 
Uh, we've talked to our friend Gene Watson from the Kansas City Royals. He's talked about just how stocked their farm system is because of all the trades they've made to acquire major league talent, um, the signings of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, um, you know, the, the the moves they've made to build this roster. It's really, you know, the, the, there's there's been a, a roadblock put on their minor league system for guys moving up, right? If you're if you're bringing in guys from outside the organization to play key positions on your team, well, then your minor league guys are not moving up. Uh, it's the it, best problem you could possibly right have. at any level. You're, I mean, you're not moving from A to B, A to A to double A, double A to triple A. There's just a, a you know a ceiling on your best prospects moving up. So, according to Gene, the the Rangers have stockpiled some really good team, good really good players that you know you can trade them because Corey Seager's not going anywhere. Um, you know, uh, Marcus Simeon's not going anywhere. Your starting staff isn't going anywhere. They're signed for the long term. So you, you can afford to trade those guys to acquire what you need, which is likely bullpen uh, for the Rangers. Arms, you don't need offense in, in Texas right now with the Rangers. You need bullpen guys. Um, but as I talked to Gene Watson last time, because he was in studio with Craig Way last week, so I talked to him for a while before that show, and he said, man, everybody's looking for – there's just not a lot. There's not a lot out there. And everybody's calling the Rangers because the Rangers seem to have have the most. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be real interesting because now we're into almost into July, which is trade deadline at the end of the month. And uh, uh, as an Astros fan that I am, and you know that, Ty, uh, I, the Astros right now do not look like a team built to go win a championship. Uh, that can change over a long season. But right now with all the injuries and those continue to stack up on them, uh, it's the Rangers that look poised not only with the with the team they have, the manager they have with Bruce Bochy, but also the ability to go add pieces, um, which I think they will do in the next you know four weeks to fill any holes they feel like they have. They can make a real run at this thing in the American League this year. If they can get some relief pitching, yeah, I'd feel a lot more confident. Yeah, uh, I think that you know for sure. And uh, but they they I think they have the ammunition at the minor league level to go do that. Uh, I will say this for the Astros Rangers race, whatever it might be, this weekend's big. This weekend, I mean, I know it's only early July, but same time. You know, four games in Arlington from Friday through Monday, a wraparound weekend series into the 4th of July. Um, the Rangers could create some huge separation, right? It's a six-game lead right now. You take three out of four, I mean, you, you're you up to eight games. You sweep the series, which would be difficult. You're up to ten games, obviously. And if you're the Astros, the same way. I mean, uh, you know, win the series, get after it, get yourself back in this, and just the the psychological boost it could give you if you're Houston going in there. The Rangers have been the best team so far, the, clearly, in the American League West. You can go in there and make some waves and uh, and send a message. That could be big for the move moving forward and into the All-Star break. So that's coming up this weekend. Rangers will wrap up their series with Detroit today as a day game and then wait on the Astros. They're going to wrap up in St. Louis tonight and then fly into Arlington for the weekend series starting tomorrow. We will. Uh, get some guests on tomorrow to preview that weekend series from both sides, Ranger side, Astro side, because it's the first time they've met. They've only played, they've only played three games, the uh, Lone Star Rivals this year. I think the Rangers took two out of three in Houston earlier in the year. It's been the only meeting so far, which means there's a lot of meetings between the two coming uh, starting this weekend. Uh, but good Major League Baseball last night. Perfect game. Now, of course, the Angels are in the mix, too, with the incredible Shohei Otani doing just about everything for them. The best player in the game, maybe the best player ever to play the game. The Angels are still in the mix because they they're right try, there. still try to trade them while they can, in my opinion. Well, they say they're not going to. I mean, why, that's like trading your whole team. Yeah, but you could get like a whole entire farm system back. You think? I, I think, well. lots back. Well, I, who, you know, that would be, I think that becomes the question with Shohei Otani. If, you're, if you don't think you can re-sign him, 
who who's going to give you what you who's going to give you the package, but also be able to afford to sign him. The Dodgers. Well, probably Dodgers, Yankees. I mean, there's only a couple teams. I mean, it's pretty minimal. I mean, I think a lot of teams would consider it. Who has the the, the package of prospects that it's going to take to get a a player of the caliber? There's no commensurate talent for Shohei Otani. There's just not. But then the question becomes, how much are you willing to sign him for? I mean, because he's one of the best pitchers in baseball and one of the best positional players in the game, a uh, great clubhouse guy. I mean, he's probably worth six hundred million dollars in a total contract, right? I mean, you got to pay him like a pitcher and hitter. Uh, you got to weigh the options, what what that's, you know, how that impacts your your salary, um, his impact on your team. Uh, I, I don't think the Angels are going to trade him. I really don't. I think they're going to ride this thing out and uh, try to re-sign him because he's just. He's something to behold on a night-by-night basis in Major League Baseball. All right, there's some some uh, some hardball. We'll get back into the Longhorn recruiting and the recruiting. How about this? We'll get into uh, the most indispensable players for the Longhorns this year. You know, there's a lot of talent on this team, but which which four or five guys, you know, injuries are always key in a championship run. If you're going to win a Big 12 championship, you know, we saw TCU last year. Outside of the injury to their quarterback, Chandler Morris, with Max Duggan stepping in, they really didn't have a significant injury on their way to the Big 12 title game. You have to. I mean, the 2005 Longhorns won the national championship. No real significant major injuries. That's key. Anytime you're going to make a run, Longhorns dealt with some of them last year. Who are the uh, four or five most indispensable Longhorns in 2023? We'll talk about that coming up. Also, your B&E facts of the day. First, Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&A Facts of the Day on a Buck-Off Thursday. Yes, yeah, factual. It is a Buck-Off Thursday brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Deliver yours on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. We've already received Buck-Ons for Kyle Flood and his offensive line recruiting for the Longhorns. We'll pick that up on the other side. Also, Buck-On to Domingo Herman, the first perfect game in Major League Baseball since King Felix, Felix Hernandez, in 2012. So we're 10 years between perfect games, 11 years since perfect games. Uh, the By the way, the 3,969 days between perfect games, the longest gap in baseball since Catfish Hunter to Len Barker's perfect games between 1968 and 1981. Uh, that was a little bit longer. That was about a, almost 800 more days than this one uh, with Domingo Herman. Also, as we said, unlikely with Herman, he becomes the first pitcher to throw a perfect game after allowing 10 or more runs in his previous start. Uh, he did that against the Mariners on June 22nd. It's the fourth Yankee, as we said, including uh, Don Larson in 56, David Wells and David Cohn. And he is the first Dominican-born player, Dominican Republic-born player to throw a perfect game. He's the third pitcher of the 24 that have thrown one, born outside of the United States to throw a perfect game. He joins Felix Hernandez and Dennis Martinez, who uh, was born in Nicaragua. Uh, so there you go. There's all the facts you need to know. So how many of these happened, like, pre-1920? Ooh. Uh, pre-1920? Cy Young had one. Cy Young, 1904. Um, we had Addie Joss, J-O-S-S, I believe is how you say it, 1908. Charlie Robertson in 1922. Then there wasn't a perfect game thrown in baseball from 1922 until 1956. Yeah, I don't that stat I just gave you from the facts of the day, that would be the longer one, right? From April 30th, 1922 until Don Larson's in the World Series in 1956. Then Jim Bunning, then Sandy Koufax, then Catfish Hunter. So they're very rare. I mean, you'll go decades between perfect games. It's really hard to do at is that it, level. Is it, like the, is it the rarest thing in sports? Like one of them. Sport? Well, I mean, 
I mean, I'm sure people will I can't send think us. of an equivalent to football or anything like that. Uh, no, it's, just, it's an individual thing. and But obviously a team thing. you got to have your team make all the plays behind you. Um, you got to have an umpire that maybe gives you a friendly call here and there. And that's where we talked about it. And by the way, the name, several of you on a BNE Fact of the Day segment uh, gave us the name Armando Galarraga. That's another kind of nondescript pitcher. I mean, Armando Galarraga of the Detroit Tigers would have had a perfect game except Jim Joyce, first place umpire, screwed up the call. Or it would have been, it was the only base runner was a uh, an infield hit that should have been an out um, by replay, but they didn't have replay yet. Or Armando Galarraga uh, would have had a perfect game that night for the Detroit Tigers. But yeah, very, very rare. Um, and yeah, As far as number of games played versus number of all-time perfect games, yeah, it's, it's as rare as it gets. Because as we say, 27 up, 27 down. No base runners in a nine-inning game. Very difficult. It's just there's there's going to be a bloop single. There's going to be an air made. There's, you're going to hit somebody, uh, walk a player, something. Anything can happen. Umpire makes a bad call, and that's I mean, why. How many how many no hitters are there compared to perfect? Oh, games? a lot more by by a mile. I mean, I'll look up that number, but it's. I mean, I mean, think about it. In in gosh, maybe go back. The, the first one was thrown in 1904. So you're talking about 125 years. We, there have been 24. And how many games are played every year? And every, I mean, gosh, I mean the the number it's, it's a lot microscopic. Of games, a lot of opportunities, and it's it's such a it's so unique, and that's why you have game guys who aren't. I mean, Randy Johnson, a Hall of Fame pitcher, has a no hitter. It's a perfect game. Um, or Roy, Roy, the late Roy Holiday, but you know, Philip Umber, Matt Cain, Domingo Herman. These are not um, Dallas Braden has a perfect game. It's. Such a freak thing, but uh, pretty cool last night. History in Major League Baseball. We'll get into the most indispensable Longhorn football players in 2023 coming up. Also, uh, our friend Nick Shuley will join us. Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle. We'll talk about uh, the big news swirling around and the rumors swirling around Austin FC and a new sporting director that's coming to town. Also, our friend Keenan Womack will preview NBA free agency coming up. Busy Thursday on BNE. 